following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 14.20 in the morning for this 15th day of November 2023. Today's show, as always, is brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all the great articles and uh, podcasts. Uh, like I said, the, the Craft Brew Sports, they're at it last night. A lot of last, there was some uh, stuff that was just a bit, just close to being offside, but it was uh, funny to to say the least. Uh, good show. And they're talking about Joel Across America. Lots of lots of great stuff there from the guys over at Craft Brew Sports. Make sure you check that out later on today. And remember, uh, thank you from all of us here at 1420 World Headquarters for uh, going over to the uh, the fourteen twenty sports bar dot com and checking out some of the articles that our hardworking staff has been putting together, getting the, the website improved and everything else. So thank you very much for checking that out and make sure you sign up for the uh, the morning buzz, a daily uh, daily dose of sports to get get your day started off right. Uh, just uh, right right to your phone, a bunch of articles that are right there for from the uh, the morning buzz. Anyways, uh, the world of sports is a funny thing. Like you have uh, some teams that are making moves right now uh, with their coaching staff, like with their coaching staffs. So we won't get into the Oilers thing a whole bunch more. Uh, just one more thing on that Oilers before we move on to that thing. I- I'm not exactly sure why uh, Coach uh, Dave Manson was let go of his position as the assistant coach uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. He just went through a, a situation where he lost his wife over the summer to cancer, I believe it was, and he was uh, let go as the coach, or the assistant coach, sorry, on a Sunday afternoon. And I know that you can't let uh, emotion get in the way of decisions with the Edmonton Oilers, but I don't see what the reasoning behind getting rid of uh, Dave Manson was. When your goalie's not making saves and the like and everything else, it's not that it was his fault. And replacing him with a guy uh, like Paul Coffey, I, I don't understand understand why a guy like coffee is in that position me and dave talked about on last call the other night it just didn't make a whole bunch of sense to get rid of uh get rid of manson especially when you should probably try to have a uh a heart when it comes to the 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 ins and outs of your of your staff i I know you uh you you can't like i said you can't let emotion get in the way of your decision but there's sometimes maybe that's all manson kind of had to keep his mind off of things mind off his wife passing away i know like like when you succumb to cancer you have some time to deal with and everything else but maybe this one was this one of those times where the the hockey community, because it's a pretty small community, could have, uh, like we say, maybe, you know what, maybe we should uh, keep the, the assistant coach behind the bench because this might be his only, uh, his solace, I guess, in getting away from the loss of a loved one. I just thought that was a, a really, a really crappy move by the Oilers. And it stinks to high heaven. They're, they're going to win again tonight. They got the Seattle uh, crack and they'll, all of a sudden they'll be the savior in Knobloch. We talked about that enough. But you look around the uh, National Hockey League and then you look at the, the National Football League, uh, the Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bills are off to an, uh, they're, they, uh, they were the media darlings. They were supposed to win 10 Super Bowls in a row. And Josh Allen was supposed to be the next coming of, of Joe Montana or Steve Young or, or whoever, or Tom Brady, I guess, if you want to go to, to, to that, that depth. But it hasn't worked out very well in Bill's land for, for, uh, for Josh Allen. They're, they're off to a five and five record. Then yesterday morning after their debacle on Monday night, uh, against the De- Denver Broncos, they fired their offensive coordinator and the coach kind of said, well, this is on me now. The head coach, I can't remember his name, doesn't much matter. Uh, they're, 
they're they're saying, okay, well, we got to figure things out. And it's funny that the the accountability uh, is, is kind of getting pushed in the wrong direction in in, in, the, in a lot of situations throughout the sports world. But we'll start with the, the Buffalo Bills with with Allen. He like I said, he was supposed to be the guy to bring everything together and be the guy that was supposed to get the Buffalo Bills their first Super Bowl. Remember they had those uh, multiple losing uh, Super Bowls in a row back in the early '90s, and they never got it done. They're still looking for their their first one. And Josh Allen was supposed to be the guy to bring it there, but he he plays a a, a bit of a. a 1990s Brett Favre like game to the uh, to the Buffalo Bills and he throws a lot of untimely interceptions not that there's a timely interception by any means but he throws a lot of interceptions makes makes a lot of mistakes and forces the issue a lot and whether that's because of the, the offensive coordinator or whether that's because he just won't take a sack or whatever it might be uh, it, it, I don't think the accountability is getting pushed the wrong way yes you can't get you can't get rid of a talent like Josh Allen what is the talent really there when it comes down to it these these coaches are there's they're so meticulous when it comes to game of football and, and the other and, and uh, uh, hockey's kind of getting that way too a little bit but these football coaches are so meticulous and if the if the, it's not working your offense isn't working and the schemes aren't working uh, you don't know how much you because these these coaches take great pride in what they do and what they what they give to their team on a, on a nightly basis in the National Football League and in college football and to get rid of a coach and maybe it's the players who uh, got to be held more accountable for what's going on in the field yeah you can't get rid of the, the guy and you can't do that but it just seems that it's just too easy to get rid of a coach and say yeah well we'll get rid of Hanks. we can't get rid of a 25 million dollar 30 40 45 million dollar guy whatever alan's getting paid and it, it just seems like getting rid of a coach is be it's it's been such a escape it's, it's a scapegoat and it's been that way for such a long long time and you just throw money at it now whatever here you go get a new coach get a new coach get a new coach and eventually if you keep getting a, a new coach you don't build a culture whatsoever and, and the coaches are always on the hot seat no matter what but when they're they're when they're coaching for their lives coaches know they're they're getting uh they're, they're hired to get fired the 100 percent they know that but when when it's the players who continue to make the mistakes and, and do things it, it just doesn't seem right that the coach always gets the uh the brunt of it and you you wonder why it's always 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 the coach and very rarely and then if you if a if a player does get called out by the media they, they do something that they get uh, they get blackballed by the by, by the uh the players that are they're in question very rarely do you ever see players say yeah it's my fault like very rarely like, yeah they, they might say something to a little bit to the media say we got this guy fired it's, it's on us we, the team's here this is what we're supposed to do but you just wonder why they're not held accountable a lot more. Why is it, it's such a, uh, it's such a, uh, uh, what I'm looking for, um, the lack of disdain in their hearts when they lose. It's an odd situation. Like you look at the, the Calgary Flames right now, they're, they won last night, beat Montreal Canadiens, and they're, they're five and eight or five, five, eight and one. They're just not very good. And uh, they're, they're, they're general manager, Craig Conroy, first year general manager, Craig Conroy. Uh, they're kind of saying, well, you know what, we're, we're and Ryan Huska, the first year head coach, yeah, he's been in the league for a while as an assistant, but they have a situation there where they're they're talking rebuild and I, and I get it because it's one of those situations where if you're mediocre for a long time and you don't have anything going you, you want to get a rebuild but rebuilds don't always work so you, you have to really watch how you pre- present that defense that happens in a lot of sports we'll stick with the flames for half a second here that okay well we're going to rebuild so now what are we going to do we have to get rid of these players and, and so yesterday Nazem Kadri said basically I'm not interested in in in, uh, in a rebuild I don't want to be around here well you signed the contract there for six more years or seven more years whatever the deal was at seven mil a year eight mil doesn't much matter but he signed that contract and he's part of the problem so if if you didn't want to be part of a rebuild why weren't you a little bit 
Why didn't you play better? Why didn't you play stronger? Was the contract no good? Probably did uh, ex-Flames GM Brad for a living. Uh, and now the guy with Toronto, is he the guy that should be under fire a little bit? I mean, what's what's the Toronto media going to say to Calgary? The Calgary or the uh, the, the Calgary going to say to Toronto, Toronto GM and vice versa. But you just wonder why these, these players, when they come out and they make these statements that they don't want to be on a rebuild, they don't want to be part of this, they don't want to be part of it. And I get it because you only have X amount of years to play, but your contract's guaranteed. My advice to, to guys like that who complain about the, being on a rebuild, my advice to guys who uh, don't want to be held accountable, play better. Just play better. If you play better and you give your team a chance to win every night, then you don't have to, to worry about fingers being pointed your way. And you see it so often that these players just don't have any any accountability whatsoever. They just go throughout their daily basis. I'm not saying that they, they don't want to win, but there is a good percentage of players who who are not a big percentage. I said a good percentage, so that, to take that as you will. But you have these guys who just don't seem to care a whole bunch when a coach gets in and out and they go, yeah, well, that's the, that's the business, you know. And well, the business should be like maybe the NFL is right. Like these guys don't, uh, they don't, uh, they don't put out, they don't get their money, they don't get paid. And I think that's, that's got to be something that the, uh, that the other sports got to look at. I'm not, I'm not like I am a bit of an owner's hugger in comparison to the players, but if you don't want to be held accountable, play better. If you don't want to be, uh, be be barked at, play better. If you don't want the fans booing you, play better. It's it's actually that simple. It's not a hard situation to think of at all. Like you you look at you look at the uh, like there's teams that are on the precipice of winning uh, year in year out. They're close and they they make it and then they're there and they're they're not there and they they give themselves a chance to win. And I think like in Cleveland with the uh, the Indians now the Guardians obviously, but with the Indians back in the '90s how they were so close year in year out with guys like Carlos Baerga and and uh, and uh, Albert Bell and Manny Ramirez was on those teams and they were they were right there and for a smaller market team yes their owner was was spending a bit a bit of money and Jacobs Field was new so they were getting a lot of they're getting big big crowds huge crowds so they could spend a little bit more money and they never they never won but I, I don't think that the uh, the fan base and the media was ever down on them because you know what they won their fair share of games and they were going out to win and they they, they know they're a small market team and they weren't supposed to win and you, you see some teams and so that that's just like the uh, the um, the account, the, the expectations were, were weren't as as high in some of those places. And yet, you know, in 2016, when they had the the chance to win the World Series against the Cubs, the expectations were were a little bit higher, but nothing massive. It wasn't, ma- but so that's why you get a little bit of uh, you get a bit of a pass when it comes to not uh, reaching your final goal. There's a lot of fan bases that are. We talk about the Yankees all the time, and we can get that. I wrote an article yesterday for the 1420 Sports Bar about Cashman and the expectations the fans have. And the fans, there's some Yankee fans, we've talked about it before, they're, they're, that have unrealistic unrealistic expectations. Their team's not that good. The only guy that should really be uh, having expectations for that team to win every year would be Hal Steinbrenner. He's the one doling out the money. Like, he's the one who's, like, the, he's just saying, Cashman, here's the, here's the checkbook, here you go, see you later. And he like he's the only one who should have the expectations to win every year year because of the amount of money that he's been spending since 19 whatever since uh, well his dad passed away in 2010 so when he's been in charge he's probably in charge before before George passed away but the expectation has got to be high for Steinbrenner to be the guy to win it to win a championship and then that so the the expectation for him are there but it's just not there for anywhere else and like Dallas Dallas same way the fan base wants to win and they 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 hold their quarterbacks to a, and their, their players to a certain expectation but it's quite funny when 
Like on, on Monday morning quarterbacks, when guys, they, they win a game, all of a sudden this guy's the greatest player in the world. And then when they don't win a Super Bowl again, because they're not going to win again this year, like they're just like, there's only one team to win because winning's hard. And you, you see situations where these guys aren't held accountable and they don't seem to really care. And it's a lot of these quarterbacks, because they get the big paydays and yeah, they want to win, but they, they know if they get paid, they get, they get that one, that one contract and then they're set for life. Right. So what do they have to lose? Nothing. They know that they're there because it's like, like a lot of these guys get guaranteed money for a few years the contracts get get lawyered up and then accountant up and everything else but these guys just don't seem to have uh, the accountability like it's not the same way it was because the money is so big on both sides of the ledger not just with the with the players but with the the management and with with the ownership groups and everything else because the money is so much bigger than it was back in the 80s for for, for well for all these sports right the the accountability that to win isn't there because these guys they get the one or two contracts and they're set for life and back in the 80s when these guys were playing for 70 grand a year they'd have a job when it's all said and done they'd have to work elsewhere right when the when their playing careers were done and then the, the the amount of money that that gets used for advertising and everything else that these owners make they 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 don't they they just they want money they want they want wins and it's just one of those things they don't get held accountable enough because not every team can think realistically going into a season that they can win they can win a championship like you look at the uh the national hockey league you got you got probably 10 teams who have a shot at winning this thing like vancouver's kind of surprising everybody right now and they got a big game tonight with the uh with the new york islanders bo horvat's return i wonder if he's, I, I hope they don't boo horvat i, I like horvat i was quite surprised that they they traded horvat last year and not jt miller but it's, it's turned out for the best for the vancouver canucks but uh, vancouver fans don't boo Horvat tonight. It's a bad luck. He'll have the video screen and the video tribute and everything else. But make sure you aren't booing Bo Horvat tonight. Like you, you just wonder what, what where the accountability is for these players and why they they aren't held to a higher standard with within the organization. It just it yeah, fans can, can bellyache and podcasters can bellyache and newspaper articles. Yes, people still read the paper, or, but they, they're usually up on podcast on uh, on digital form, I guess, on their iPads or phones, whatever. But they yeah, they get they get barked at a little bit, but these guys are a little bit soft. A lot of it softer now than they were 30, 40 years ago. And guys get their their uh, butts hurt a little bit quicker. And it's just and how you have to manage these guys nowadays in comparison. I don't think it's right. I think that they, with the amount of money these guys are are making, they should be held to a higher standard. And uh, that's kind of the way it is in, in real life in comparison to, to uh, sport. When when you have a, a company that's not making money, the first person they go to is the employees, right? The G, like the it's usually like if you work for a smaller business and things aren't going so well, the employee gets in trouble. It's not not the not the uh, owner or the manager or whatever else. They, they find a way to get rid of the employees and, that, and that's what they i think they got to find out that, that uh, fine line with sports and find a way to get that done like you look at the the at the, the college level of things uh, as well like in college football we talked about the other, a bit about the other night the uh texas a&m firing jimbo fisher and having to pay him 76 million bucks over the next x amount of years and you, you just go look like it's just the, like the no accountability because now, now jimbo Jimbo's getting paid forever. He didn't have to win. He got a contract on a team that was never going to win. Texas A&M was never going to win anything. They they haven't won in my lifetime. Yeah, they win a few games here and there, and they're, they're they they lick the jar year in year out. But uh, it's funny like these guys get these coaches and they're set for life once again. Yeah, they want to win. Yeah, you don't want to be fired. Yeah, you don't want to be embarrassed. But you know what? When you're falling down in a, in a pile of money like that, the landing's pretty soft, and you don't you're not uh, too butt hurt about about not uh, not winning and getting fired. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't assume that. 
good old Jimbo Fisher is crying in his soup uh, right now as we sit here at 1037 on a, on a Wednesday at Wednesday morning. And it, yeah, it, it, and the thing about that uh, A&M thing, uh, we'll get off this in half a second, but uh, the A&M thing kind of just goes to show that there, there, there is money out, out there to, uh, to pay student athletes, isn't there? Because 76 million bucks would take care of a lot of uh, swimmers and basketball players and football players. And I'm not saying that like these guys are getting an education. Yes. Uh, and yeah, there is NIL deals, but the NIL deals aren't being paid by the schools. So if there's 76 million bucks just laying, laying around for a new coach to come in, there must be money elsewhere to, pay, to start paying these players. And I think that's, that's long overdue that these guys get a little bit more money. Cause you look at all these football coaches and yes, they do bring in a lot of money and yes, they bring in a hundred thousand people a weekend at some place in 80,000, 50,000, whatever it may be. And they're, they're the big money makers of the, of these schools and the uh the, yeah they, they help out the academics I, I understand that but it's time to maybe give these players a little a little bit more of a stipend i guess on a, it, it it's it's every team has money every team's got money every team's uh, showing up and saying here 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 paying these coaches you look what the dickhead got out there at usc it's uh, the the house and the cars and the the lifestyle and everything else and it uh it's it's quite unbelievable that, that the the, uh, the players aren't getting paid and these coaches are, are like, like like nick saban's one of the highest paid government officials in the state of alabama right so there is money out there and the accountability these guys have they're held to a bit of a higher standard because these football the donors want to see wins and everything else and I, I get that but it just seems like they get it they get that payday and they're they're good to go and the players are the same way and yeah you, you hate to see coaches always getting fired and it's always the the coordinator or the assistant coach and it's always this guy that guy it's never the gm because the gm is the one who puts these teams together and yeah i, I guarantee they're they're pointing fingers here here and everywhere else and they're going to daryl katz and edmonton saying we got to get rid of that coach because we're going to lose that team we're gonna lose the fan base we gotta get rid of that coach because you're not gonna you can't fire the gm because i'm the gm and i, I i'm in your ear all the time and it's not just edmonton it's everywhere these gms and, and the, uh, the, the the ceos and caos whatever it might be they're in the owners ears they're the ones talking to these owners and they're and i guarantee you they're pushing the blame because they want their jobs they they want to get that that last paycheck like with ken hall and he doesn't have many many years left uh in the hockey world so he wants to keep his continue getting his paychecks and and everything everything goes i know there's some guaranteed money and everything else that they have but it just seems funny that these guys just get fired and it's like and the players like whatever we, we, we still got to go out yes you do stuff to go out but it doesn't ever no one ever seems that upset no one ever seems that upset that a coach is, is let go they they brush it off their back pretty quick because these guys make so much money and they're they're pampered from it from an early age and it's just a lot different than it was 30 40 50 years ago obviously and it's just one of those things you just wonder why it's it, it got to that point in the sports world and like well what it is it's just money it's just money 100 percent. that's why it's it's uh like record contracts go out every day. There's going to be bigger ones coming out. Like you look at that uh, Harden situation, he just goes from team to team. He don't care. Like that, that's the biggest farce in, in sports history. I think that James Harden situation, the way he just uh, goes from team to team and I'll, I'll pay play here and then I'll go try over here. And I'll go try over here and they'll keep paying me whatever, 60 million bucks a year. And he don't care. And that's the biggest, that, that's the biggest farce known to, to in sports history. In my opinion, it's just a, it's just a funny thing. And he, like you go to the Toronto, Toronto we'll stop this in a second. I'm starting I got a lot of voices in my head throughout the day. So you look at that uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team and uh, how like you, you, you talk about accountability. They've been through how many GMs and how many coaches and not win, win around and every year. And no matter what, Brendan Shanahan is still there. 
He's still there in the Shanna plan. The Shanna plan hasn't worked yet, and I don't know why it's going to. So now you got another GM who's going to fire. If they're not going to win this year, and they're going to fire their, their coach, and they fire Keith, and then they're going to try somebody again, and Shanahan's still going to be there because he's in the ownership groups here. And it's it's crazy to think that, these, that it's for so long these guys stick around, and they stick around and get nothing done. Yes, winning's hard. You can only win one championship, and there's there's teams that will never win another championship. There's teams that have never won a championship. Uh, tip of the cap to the San Diego Padres owner, uh, the team that's never, never won a championship. And he, that, that man tried. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head right now, but that man tried to win a championship for the city of San Diego and just never got it done. He's been spending money like a madman out there for uh, for the last few years and just had, didn't get it done. Got a new ballpark there in San Diego. It's fantastic, but. A lot of these teams, are, like, do, do, do they know they're not going to win? Yes. Do they know that they, uh, they're they just kind of just pissing into the wind most season? Yes, 100%. Because they they got to know they're not going to win. And like, like the Oakland days of the world, that's a different story altogether. But in general, a lot of these teams, they just blow smoke up the up the uh, the fan base's ass and say, yeah, we got we got the team this year. We got the team to do it. We're going to get it all done. And then 10 games into a to a hockey season, you're firing guys. And then 10 games in of a, a football season, you're firing guys. So did you really did you really have it to put together? I don't think you did. I, I don't think you did. If you're it's because NFL is different because every team finishes the same record. They're nine and eight, eight and nine. You make the playoffs, 10 and seven, you're in. So nobody's really out of it yet. But you just wonder like uh, year in year out where the accountability and, and how players aren't held more responsible for what goes on because it's uh it's crazy and then, like you, you look at Deshaun Watson and and now he he hasn't uh he hasn't delivered and he's got uh, three or four more years and he's hurt and he's not playing the rest of the season I know an injury is, is out of your control but he didn't just doesn't seem interested in, in doing anything because he gets paid a guaranteed contract and something he should never got done considering the situation that he was in with the massage parlors and everything else that uh, should never been uh and he hasn't really had to answer to it at all and the the the, the Cleveland Browns haven't really talked about it at all they haven't uh, haven't said much about it so it's kind of a it's a it's a weird situation in the world of sports world of sports doesn't mimic real life by any means and anybody who thinks that it should uh they're they're sadly mistaken because we don't know like we talked about an Aaron the other night from Bruliana sports that that money just means nothing to the average human being uh it means absolutely nothing in comparison in comparison to what those guys make now that nobody knows what the, what the kind of money that is what's like paying jimbo fisher 76 million bucks to not coach and uh, for for a college football team right that's not supposed to be making that that uh this uh, this bunch of donors spending a bunch of money because they want to see their their alma mater win the good old boys winning a, a championship for the first time in school history i'm going to pay this and these guys are going to be in my back pocket forever so it's an odd situation but there there's my little talk for the day here 14 20 in the morning uh make sure you go to the 1420 com and check out some of the some of the articles that our great staff has been putting together and sign up for the morning buzz like i said for uh, a that morning, every morning update in the world of sports. Little article you can read while you're having your daily uh, constitution. I think it's called. There, you're sitting on the sitting on the toilet with your phone and uh, read whatever you're. Or you're laying in bed still. Read an article or two about other things in the world of sports. We don't put uh, nothing about basketball too much up there, but uh, hockey, baseball, and football are up every morning. Six or seven articles you can just pick and choose, and then have a read, and then go from there. So that's over at the Morning Buzz at the fourteen twenty sports bar dot com. Give Santa and his elves a break from the grind this Christmas season and ask for tickets from SeatGeek. SeatGeek has tickets for shows, concerts, and sporting events for around the globe. And by using promo code 1420POD, you'll save $20 on tickets. Tickets make for great stocking stuffers and gifts, so get go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app for all of your ticket needs this holiday season and use promo code 1420POD today for your Christmas ticket.
There's a little little Christmas for you there from uh, 1420 World Headquarters of Christmas music and everything else. It's uh, it's starting. We haven't heard Mariah yet, but I'm sure she's coming around the corner. But make sure you, uh, yeah, for your Christmas stocking stuff, you got tickets for for later on in the season, whether it be for a concert that you you know you want to go to. So last uh, last Christmas Christmas we were sitting at my sister's place uh, Christmas morning, and uh, McKinley she got some Taylor Swift tickets, and Jim got uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper tickets on Christmas morning for tick for concerts that were five or six months in advance. So, and they were they were quite delighted. So go to SeatGeek and get some uh, get some Christmas presents and take the load off of Santa's shoulders this holiday season. Anyway, let's get to on this days and birthdays and uh, call her a day. On this day in 1983, Mike Bossy of the New York Islanders scores three goals in the Islanders' 6-4 win over the Hartford Whalers at the Nassau Veteran Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. Bossy's hat trick was the 75th hat trick in New York Islanders history, and Bossy's 12th. 13th and 14th goals of the season uh, where he would score 51 goals in only 67 games. The Islanders were four-time defending Stanley Cup champions at that point and would reach the finals once again only to lose to Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers in five games. Bossy would score 573 goals in his 10-year injury play career that included 39 hat tricks of his own. He actually he also had five in the playoffs. Mike Bossy, man, if he had better knees and didn't last out, you wonder how many goals that man would have scored 10 years and 573 goals. That's uh, quite astonishing within a couple of, uh, couple of bad bad pegs, but that man could score. Mike Bossy, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time in those Islander teams back in the 80s. It's unbelievable how great that guy was. Mike Bossy, hat trick on this day in 1983. And happy 31st birthday to Trevor Story, born on this day in 1992 in Irving, Texas. Story was drafted in the first round by the Colorado Rockies of the 2011 Amateur Draft out of his hometown high school, aptly named Irving High School. Story made his major league debut on opening day in 2016 as the Rockies starting shortstop. In his second career at bat, he had a three-run home run off of Zach Cranky of the Diamondbacks and followed up with another one in his next at bat. The following day, Story hit uh, his third home run, becoming the only the third major leaguer to hit three home runs in his first two games. And for an encore, Story hit a two-run home run off of Arizona's Patrick Corbin, becoming the first major leaguer to hit a home run in each of his first three games and a home run in each of his first four hits. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to Trevor Story with the Boston Red Sox now, but he had quite the major league debut. And I think when they went to, uh, I went home, there it is. Yeah, when he went home to Arizona, he had a home run, San Diego. So I think he had home runs in his first four games in the big leagues. He probably thought uh, playing the major leagues was going to be an easy goal over and everything else. But yeah, no, he's a great player, Trevor Story. He's uh, not, uh, not an all-timer, but he's uh, he's real, real good. Anyway, so happy birthday to uh, Trevor Story, born on this day in 1992. Uh, there it is, 1420 in the morning. Uh, lots going on here. Tomorrow, tomorrow, we, tomorrow night, recording with Dave, obviously, our usual Thursday night show, but I got guys from the uh, new addition to the Belly Up crew from the new Era Sends podcast talking Ottawa Senators hockey, so that'll be a fun one tomorrow night, talk about them, it'll be up on on uh, Friday morning is when that'll come up, and then everything else, so that's lots going on here, always, always 1420 World Headquarters, make sure you go to the 1420 Sports Bar and uh to check out uh, great articles and all the kind of stuff we got going on, that's everything else. There it is, 14, 20 in the morning for this 15th day of November. Remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a great day, folks, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. 